Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. Okay. I found myself in Alaska this year. I found myself. Footloose and job free. <laughs> and it's just time in my life, it's just not going to be about money anymore. It's going to be about adventure from here on out. I'm just going to string together the money thing. It never worked for me anyway. It's always been a struggle. And I guess I'm pretty good at the struggle. So why worry about the money? So I left my job, moved out of my apartment, moved into my van, and drove away and went camping. Free camping in Alaska. And I'm just going to follow my heart from here on out. And it's a journey. All of our lives are a journey. And all we really need from the universe, I think, is just a little sign on the side of the road. Just every once in a while, just a little sign that says, keep going. Or you're going the right direction. Or how about just, yeah. <laughs> You know, just a little sign on the side of the road that says, yeah. <laughs> it's all in our mind anyway. So I take off from Anchorage and I drive out on the Kenai Peninsula. And my heart and I are looking for something that we can just jump into and do. So we did a little, we panned for a little gold. And then we got out there and I found a, just happened across a salmon can that was ramping up for the season. And so there are people walking around this, these old buildings in the salmon can, right? 100 years old. They're just painting, and they're just like putting hinges on this place. And they've been, that's what they've been doing for 100 years, just trying to get it through that season. And, and so there's old distortion glass there, and there's cracked windows, and the doors don't quite you know, match up anymore. And my heart just saw that old bunkhouse and saw that whole thing and said, let's do this thing. So I signed up and we moved into the bunkhouse and we ate over at the chow hall and we went to work out in the fish dock. And if you guys, I just want to say if you decide to go sign up for the fish season at the cannery this year. <laughs> And you should <laughs> try to get out on the fish dock because it's magical. You're you're outside and you're under the sky and rain, sunshine, wind, whatever happens, you're right out there in it. But So you're right out there in it, but you're you're just in the thing. You got the mountains over here, and you got the mountains over here, and you got this river running right past the dock, and it's waterfront property. <laughs> and you know there's the lowlands over there, and there's a mountain up over there on the rise. There's the towns up over there on the rise, and. The boats come into our dock, 
and a crane unloads the fish and drops them on our sorting table. And then we sort through the fish. And the job is, you sort through these fish, you sort them into a tote, which is a big plastic tub on wheels that you can take over and weigh and then dump in between boats. And the boats come in, and there's 70 different boats that the uh, cannery contracts. And you see them about 15 minutes, about two times a week. They come in and unload their fish. And the captain is always up on the dock watching everything you do because that's how he gets paid, is by sorting and weighing those fish. So he's right there watching what we do. And the other guys on the sorting table, there's four guys, I'm one of them, and then there's the three Hawaiians. And I gotta tell you about these characters. <laughs> these are some large humanity. I'm just saying they're big fellows. There's three of them, they're cousins, They've been together their whole life. And you can see how they were when they were little by how they just play and jostle each other and wrestle. And just, they've got that big smile that just lights up the whole place. And then they've got that, they've got that laugh you can hear all over the place. The full-on, open laugh that says that they have no natural predator. <laughs> There's three of them, and they stick together. <laughs> so they're on the sorting table, and I'm on the sorting table. And I'm the odd man out. They're 20 years younger, but they're fun, and they're beautiful. And so we go on into the summer. And the fish come in, and the boats come in loaded. And that place starts to hum. It fills up. The, the fish flow on into the plant, and the whole place just starts to produce. Well, we get to the 20th of July, and everybody's getting a little bit tired, and everybody's hiding their little aches, even myself. And we're all hiding our aches, and we're all hiding our weaknesses. And Ty is having a really bad day, because he wasn't able to cash his paycheck, and so he didn't get his cigarettes or beer this week. And it's Sunday, so Friday to Sunday. It's been three days for that poor fella. And I guess he's been working about 20 hours straight by now. It's 10.30 at night. The sun is right here. It's the land of the midnight sun. It's full on daylight, but it's 10.30 at night. And we're finishing up the boat. We've got another boat waiting, and there's another boat that just made the corner out there. And so we've got to move, and we've got to do this. So we finish up this boat. Hey guys, is this a chum salmon or is this a so or is this a sober? Thank you. And then we and then I go to weigh the fish and and then take them over to dump them. Well, Sai is sitting right next to the right next to the bin, so I said, Sai, give me a hand dumping this tub. And he looks at me and he says, no, John, you do it yourself. <laughs> and you know, the, the Hawaiian fellows would do it themselves. They're young, 
and they have those big hams. You know what I'm saying? And 200 pounds for those guys is kind of like shaking out a towel. Whereas for me, it's kind of a more of a hernia. So I said, get over here and help me bite this toe. And everybody behind us, he asked, come on, you guys have got a boat. What are you doing? Get over here. Get moving. So he jumps around there and we go to dump that toe. And when it comes up to the top, it jostles way over my way. And Ty had pushed it my way, he says, John. And so I bring the toe down about here and I bump it with my hip over his way. And I say, Ty. <laughs> well, and then I go, then I turn and go back to work. So I just turn and go back to work. Well, he picked up the toe and he wanted to body block me with it. And he says, John. And he puts all that muscle behind it. And the rim of it happened to catch the side of my face right here. So all of that impact hits me and spins me around and drops me over there on that dock, just like a dead fish. So I'm sitting there, I sit up and my whole face is completely different. The bottom teeth came through the lip right here and they're stuck on the outside of the face. And the top teeth came through the lip here off the top part of the lip and then the four teeth broke off with a piece of the gum and lodged inside my mouth. My whole face is different. <laughs> and sitting on a fish dock in Alaska and I'm 2,000 miles from my people and my little road, I just can't see my little road just stops and disappears and there's just a big sign that says danger <laughs> and I might be in a fight with Ty so I stand up on that dock and square off with Ty and he just turns around and I just bleed you know <laughs> not going to be much of a fight so he just walks away well the one of the boat captains comes walking across the dock to me, and he's putting on latex gloves. And he walks right up to me and he says, tilt your head back, I'm a dentist. I practice in Anchorage, Alaska, in Phoenix, Arizona. And so I tilt my head back, and he puts my face back together. And then he steps aside. And, he, and while he put the, the gum, the teeth still on it, he puts it in there, and rubs it, and it cooks back in, and it stayed right there to this day. <laughs> and, then, and then he steps out of the way, 10.30 on a Sunday night, and then he steps out of the way, and the other boat captain goes walking over there, and he's putting on latex gloves. <laughs> and he says, I'm a doctor. I practice in Iowa. And he checks me for concussion and other injuries from the fall on the dock. And he sends me off to the emergency room. Well, I gotta tell you something about those 70 boats. There's one that's owned in partnership between a dentist and a doctor. And it happened to be the boat that we were working on when this 
happened. So I was treated within two minutes of that thing happening. So I go off and I get a couple dozen stitches inside and outside of my mouth. And I get back to the bunkhouse and I've got the ice pack on me. And I go into my room in the bunkhouse, but Ty's room is four doors down the hall. And so I'm still, you know, there still might be something. I haven't talked to him yet, and I don't know what's going on. So I was scared. So I go in my room, shut my door, lock it, get my bunk bed, the big old bunk bed, and push it over against the door and barricade myself in there. Then I crawl in the bed and go to sleep. Well, the next day there's a little tiny knock on the door. And so I open it up a little bit, and, it's, and I can see it's tied. Ty looks at me, and he looks at the injuries on my face, and he just wilts. And the tears start to flow. And he says, John, I am so sorry. I hurt you, and I'm sorry. And so I, and so I got out to pull my mouth away, and opened it. <laughs> and I said, well, Ty, I believe you, and so I have to forgive you. And we reach out to each other and shook hands. And in that handshake, it's, it's just a really rare thing between a couple of guys where something happened and you just get a real honest apology and a real honest forgiveness that flows. And there's like an energy there and there's like some kind of connection there. Some kind of like cosmic connection. And it's almost like a little pathway that flows, and then there's a little bridge, and then the pathway continues, and there's a little sign over there that says, keep a going. <laughs>